All right, this last part is being made substantially later than previous sections, and so once again, I don't remember exactly what I've said. I tried to sort of leaf through it. I am still Madeline, and this is part seven. Um, where am I right now? I gotta admit that when I thought about doing this one, I just, uh, it's all so terrible, and I've been talking about it so much, I don't really want to talk about it. And I, I tried to see if I, as a, again, lightness, lightness, focus on lightness. <laughs> I don't think I've told this story yet. I hope I haven't. Um, so what I've been focusing on, because currently I am probably going to, well, I am, but currently I will run out of money in early November unless something magical happens with the GoFundMe or I win the lottery or something magical happens. And I'm, you know, as that death clock is so close, because right now it's um, end of September, that's not very far away, and I'm starting to panic. I'm starting to panic, and I'm really struggling health-wise, because I'm having to push myself way outside my energy envelope. Even with the scaffolding, it is um, making me super sick as I try to clean my apartment, because they're coming in to do a fire alarm test in early October and um, my apartment is a a bit of a catastrophe and b I have to figure out a way that um, immune deficient girl doesn't end up dying because they entered my suite because a regular mask ain't gonna cut it and none of these masks that I see people wearing those little blue ones none of those fit properly I mean I see gaps everywhere and this Delta variant aerosolizes something fierce and terrible. And we know I get sick at the drop of a hat at the best of times. Not even when it's like a big dog bug like this. So um, there's a lot of fronts in which I am working outside my energy envelope. And with the advocation and with a whole bunch of government bureaucracy things and bloody bloody. And I will talk about them because it's I think it's helpful to talk about them. But... I think I need to focus on something positive before I do. And I'm sure you need to hear something positive before I talk about things that are hard to not just talk about, but hear. So when I was leafing through, I, in the part one, I, I talked a little bit about, um, you know, ent me. <laughs> <laughs> and how my friends see me, you know, actor, dancer, singer, girl, the girl with the, you know, left of center outfits, my outfits, air quotes, neon signs. Again, mostly, you know, secondhand store stuff and a lot of innovation. But um, I was also thinking about, you know, we've talked about what happens when I die and I'm removed from my volunteer work. I'm removed from my community and the critical facets that I um, fill within my community. And I can't remember if I mentioned it already, but I, I have talked with Ash about perhaps her and Kelvin doing a, another episode in specific, talking about how much um, persons with disabilities fulfill facets of the community, especially through volunteerism when their health situations are not stable enough for them to be able to work. But in my friendship circle, in my friendship circle, um, boy, I can't remember. I've talked about this. 
this whole episode might be scrapped if I've already talked about this. Um, at my 50th birthday, I had, um, my friends, they do this um, thing in the particular, one of my, one of the households where they say what they're grateful for. And, um, they, uh, they sort of, you know, some of them were like, oh, like, I love your outfits. And, and one of them said that whenever they have a party, they were worried. They were worried that nobody would come. They were worried that the party wouldn't be good. And, and she said every time she heard a knock on the door, like pretty early, cause I tried to come early to see if I could help. This is before I, I landed where I am right now. And of course I hadn't let them know how much that physically costs me to come early and to try to be helpful, but it's friendship gardening and friendship supporting. Um, and also I get, I get a sense of purpose, but anyway, she said every time she heard, my voice, she'd take a sigh of relief and she'd know the party would be okay. And I never knew she felt that way, she, you know. I had had somebody um, say a long time ago that there was something about me that makes a group happen. That they felt that that was very much, it was actually almost a complete stranger um, in a lot of ways. That's a whole other story. But, um, so she said I was effervescent. I have to admit, especially right this second, I have all the lights off because I can't handle the light right now. I'm, I'm lying completely still because my body's busy screaming at me. And more often than not, in any event I went to, I felt terrible physically. But, you know, I'd suck it up, buttercup. I'll show that to them. And so that she quantified me as effervescent when that is not how I felt like at all, like not even a little bit. And, you know, as my, I don't know what to call it. Death clock, death date is going to be November. Um, I've needed something positive to focus on because it's starting to emotionally pull me apart again and being so close to the edge constantly is brutal. And so I, I'm focusing on Halloween. I, I managed a way to kind of weatherproof my mobility scooter. And for reasons I'll never understand, the government pays for mobility scooters for, you know, somebody in extreme condition like me. But but none of them are waterproof. And it's like, I said to the provider, it's, it's a rainforest. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, it's not Arizona. Like, a quarter of the year, it doesn't rain here. Like, you've given me something I can't bring out in the rain? Like, ah, how is that a thing? And I couldn't really get a reasonable answer on that. So I, I thought, well, I don't know. Like, I, I am not physically strong enough to go out on Halloween if I can't bring the scooter out. And I need to know I can... You know, because Halloween for me is a thing. In case you haven't figured it out, I love me some Halloween. I like to go out, look at the pumpkins. Me and my friends sort of make it a thing we call the pumpkin walk. And um, I just love that. We have certain things we do together. And it's sort of a social event I really look forward to. And even in the heart of COVID, we should be able to meet up outside. So that's something. Cause I, I, I think I'll be alone on Thanksgiving this year. I, the way the restrictions are working and without a sort of medical exemption acknowledgement, am I going to be barred from social gatherings at my friend's house? 
I am, I'm really emotionally struggling. I'm, I'm really emotionally struggling with the prospect of, of the measure of isolation I experienced last Christmas. Um, I, I think there's a limit. I mean, my isolation is so brutal at the best of times that I store up like some crazy squirrel. These, these moments of community with my friends are, are traditions throughout the year. So anyway, back to effervescent. I'm going to talk about Pat, Halloween's past. <laughs> you know, like the Christmas carol. <laughs> this is the ghost of Halloween's past. And I, I think the void that is left in my social circle, um, as much as I'll miss them, I, I think I, I may have an impact I don't understand in the same way my grandmother left a huge void within her social and familial circles. And um, so I, I guess I'm looking at it from it's an, a wonderful life perspective, perhaps. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it won't matter. But I also, within that brutality of honesty, have to be honest about um, that I, um, I just, I don't just lose them. I don't just lose my life. My friends lose me. And so, uh, uh, you remember the Mayan apocalypse? <laughs> well, my friends decided that they should have an end of the world party, like you would. And uh, so I get this phone call. And my friend is like, um, so we're going to have a Mayan apocalypse end of the world party. I'm like, okay. And they said, um, we would kind of like to paint you in chocolate as an offering to the goddess of chocolate that we just made up. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm that person. <laughs> You want to paint me a chocolate? Okay, let's figure out a way not to burn my skin. And they had this whole thing. Like, oh, uh, it was very fun. It was kind of part serious of letting go of things that you didn't need and inviting in things that you wanted to create. And part tongue-in-cheek and part sheer silliness. And those are all parts that I love. And um, before that event, one of the things I love to do um, well, I guess this isn't really Halloween. Oh my God. My brain isn't working at all. Ah, uh, I don't even know if I should keep this episode, but at the same time, that lack of brain functionality, I mean, I'm not willing to not just talk about what's happening, but allow it to be seen. What I should have said is holiday season, not Halloween. Although I was dressed in chocolate, so which is probably why my brain was thinking Halloween. Um, oh, so frustrating. I get so frustrated. Brain farts. Um, anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm struggling to even find lightness. I'm... Ooh. I don't want to die in November and I don't want to deal with absolutely maddeningly illogical bureaucracy and increasing restrictions as I, I keep hearing about how the government is sending down mandates through these bureaucracies to tighten their purse strings and, and the process of the tightening the purse strings 
costs more in bureaucratic manpower than the supports themselves cost. And the supports were already not enough, financial and medical. And this nether region we exist in between the Ministry of Health and the Ministry of Poverty Reduction and no, Social Development of Poverty Reduction, that's his latest moniker. I think I've vented about that already. Um, and, and then, of course, that post-viral syndrome is completely abdicated onto the point of not a category. Like, I am living in the land of... We're trying to get me additional um, physiotherapy coverage, but the coverage is $23, which is no coverage at all. And so it's not real. You're asking me to spend energy I don't have on a support that isn't real coverage. And of course, it's a critical support. And you're insisting that I, I, I provide all this information because you don't have a category of coverage. So I have to explain the acuteness of what's going on. I've been accepted into MAID. What more acuteness do you want to know about the devastation of my quality of life. Like one hand doesn't talk to the other hand and I have to go through all these hoops that make no sense. And I'm looking at having to do more news type things with the fear of my story not being told properly um, and, and me having to spend energy on all these conversations and, and risk identification, which could spell death all on its own. And I don't want to do any of it. You know, the more we've... Um, outside of me, like forcing myself to clean when I'm not physically up for it. Even within that, you know, doing the intravenous at three times a week, we, we have had an improvement. But, you know, it's really hard to tell how good I could be because I keep working outside my energy envelope because I have no help. And even with this situation, I can't have anybody come in and help me because I can't have anybody in my suite because I can't be vaccinated. Um, you know, I, I'm still not in the hands of anybody who could figure out how to vaccinate me or how to support my mitochondrial disorder through the strain of vaccination. So I don't have a heart attack and die. And, and there's no acknowledgement of that level of fragility, at least not that I've come across so far. And to be on the verge of what looks like help coming and, and being caught in the slow moving bureaucratic process of that particular um, arm of things. You know, and, and where I'm landing with all of this more and more is I don't think that any of these provincial policies, any of this bureaucracy, both on PWD on assistance and on post-viral syndrome change unless the federal government starts overseeing the money they disperse to the provinces to make sure it adheres to federal human rights laws, federal discrimination laws, um, you know, if, if you're not going to oversee, then the provinces are allowed to do whatever the heck they want to. And that's involved for me, gender bias and discrimination because I'm PWD on assistance, um, big time, but people like me are not speaking up because they're worried about backlash. And you don't see human rights cases because with what money and what energy are you doing that? And, and you're going to what? Put in a case against the government that's the only form of support that you have and not expect that to blow up? And I hear like of instances that people have done stuff like that and the government has sent like 
private investigators after them to try to find dirt or whatever. And I'm like, wow, is that really a thing? But it doesn't matter because, you know, I don't have the energy for any of that. And, and I, I prefer not to. I prefer to have logical conversations, but, but none of that. Again, uh, the, these individual bureaucrats that I'm talking to, these are good people. But these are mandates coming down from the government that are looking at this from a perspective of, oh, we're going to tighten the budget here. So they're looking at one column of expense and not looking at the bureaucratic manpower and not looking at the long term costs of letting us deteriorate. So it's it's penny foolish and pound foolish. And I, I know I must sound harsh, but I feel harsh. I feel angry. I feel scared. And I know none of these people are bad people. 3%. Remember I talked before about 3% of the population are up to shenanigans? I know the bulk of these politicians are not bad people. But do they understand what they're looking at? No. Is anybody forcing them to look beyond their three-year terms? No. Is anybody forcing them to look at the human rights issues involved in both my disease modality, the bias going on with post-viral syndrome and particularly mitochondrial disorder, and with the poverty and the uh, predetermined, the ensured deterioration of persons like myself? No. And I think the larger public and maybe even the larger governmental system just assumes that if it was really a problem, people would speak up. But the only reason I'm speaking up, I'm going to die. I mean, like, seriously, what more is anyone going to do to me? And I, I, would, I would like to live. But if I don't get to live, then I'll be damned if I disappear quiet into that dark night. Screw that. And I don't like being angry. I don't agree with it, but I am angry. And I'm angry because I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. Like, I just recently filled out a bunch of paperwork, and she was asking me things like, well, how much time do you spend on pleasure? And I was like, I don't know what I said. I think it was like a half an hour a week. <laughs> and that's things like taking my scooter down to look at the water for a few minutes before I run out of energy. She's like, oh, really? That little? I'm like, yeah, with what energy am I doing any of that? I'm not taking care of myself. I haven't done laundry in a truly alarming amount of time because I don't have energy for it. I'll wash out my underwear. <laughs> I wash out my masks. And even that is a Herculean physical event. And so this attempt to put my apartment into something less problematic is... I think there's a 50-50 chance that that just straight up kills me. Uh, I mean, I'm keeping up the intravenous to do it, but I mean, that's putting me back, I don't know, a couple thousand a month just on that, not on anything else. And then I'm finding myself as I'm emotionally struggling more with the impending death and the isolation factor because I mean before COVID the isolation was bad but when you add COVID isolation onto bad isolation and the deterioration isolation um, it's destroying me it really is um, so I find myself like well what treat what thing can you look forward to and then I'm like oh should you spend that money but I'm not coping I don't know how to cope and I, 
I am as strong and as brave as anybody could be. Um, I know that about myself. I brutal honesty <laughs> on all fronts. That's me. And um, this is just not doable. This is not doable. And I've come across that that mentality of like, oh, well, you're on assistance. You shouldn't spend any money on anything that's pleasurable. But then what's the point? <laughs> it can't just be pain and brutal exhaustion. It can't just be that and nothing good ever. <laughs> so I'm, I'm really hoping that everybody figures out a way for me to... I mean, I hope I get to do Thanksgiving with my friends. I hope we can figure out a way to, like, keep me masks and everybody's okay with me just being masked because I can't be vaccinated yet. And I'm definitely pro-vaccine, big time. But it doesn't make any sense with what's going on, and I'm not in the hands of anybody who could, you know, do anything um, if I crashed out or if I had some sort of weird reaction or... I don't know if I'm making any sense. I feel like I'm not making any sense. My brain is just not functioning, but I feel like I just want this done and uploaded because, <laughs> like, maybe this gives me a little more time. And how terrible is that? How terrible that I have to peel off my skin and bare my soul and talk about things I don't want to talk about. I just want to take care of myself. That's hard enough all on its own. I won a million dollars tomorrow. It still will be hard. It still will be hard if I had the housekeeping support and the meal preparation support and being able to take taxis to appointments not wasting any energy at all and 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 all the treatments I needed were covered all of the scaffolding and we could do the tests we need to perhaps streamline and focus the scaffolding or understand new things we didn't even know about yet but without those things this is And a part of me is fighting and a part of me is afraid to die. And a part of me is like, why are you bothering? And I say to that part, suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> suck it up. And then another part of me is, I'm so brutalized. I'm so tired. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do more news articles than I do. <laughs> I don't want to do this. Like, what's the right thing to say? What's the wrong thing? Do I have to worry about the government backlashing at me in some way when all I'm trying to do is communicate with them? Person to person, individual to individual, and say this doesn't make fiscal sense. This doesn't make human rights sense. None of this is logical. So that's where I am right now. That's where I am. And I'm sorry I couldn't really tell a light story. <laughs> Maybe I could tell. I love solstice. So on that Mayan apocalypse, <laughs> where I, the latter part of the evening was 100% silliness, um, the... Uh, 
I love, they have all these solstice celebrations here in Vancouver. And I went to one where they have a, like a labyrinth of light. And um, I do that. You know, I used to do that every year. It was, and, and it became harder and harder. Walking it became like super difficult. So I'm not even sure if I'll ever be physically capable of it um, in the future. Hopefully I will. But um, I loved walking the labyrinth in this beautiful wooden room with live Tibetan bowl players. And they had, um, you know, recorded um, uh, um, Tibetan monks chanting, I think, or Gregorian, Gregorian chanting, I think it was. And then these beeswax candles um, in these paper bags that make up the lantern, uh, the labyrinth. And so the room smells like beeswax. It's just gorgeous. And when you walk into the labyrinth, you let go of everything from the previous year. And in the middle, you sort of think about what you'd like to have in the upcoming year. And and as you walk out, you turn your hands upright and you walk out thinking about like gathering it into yourself. And I love it. We love that. I mean, that that festival, that celebration. And there would be like different rooms with like different arts things going on and and uh and I guess that juxtaposition between the spiritual and the creative and then the silly and the creative with my friends and um I like with this great idea crazy great idea that we had about painting me and chocolate we so we did a layer of tinfoil and a layer of saran and um because we were trying not to burn me but we also thought like we'll let it harden and then you know crack it off me and and put it on the food table and then people could eat the chocolate so they went and got like this magical lint chocolate (laughs) but none of us thought about body temperature apparently (laughs) we're not that clever because it, it would never harden because I have a body temperature and chocolate will not harden at that body temperature. So by the end of the night, everybody's decorated in chocolate, including me. I found chocolate later on in places that chocolate should not be. Um, so yeah, that later on, the they started having this discussion about like, if we we're going to do that in the future, how could we do it so the, the would you know, the chocolate would harden and they're like, oh, well, you know, you could sort of create a pipeline of a cold liquid and, and put it on top. And, and so then they dubbed it, oh, it could be beer, a beer, beer We could create a beer <laughs> So <laughs> I think I actually sat on the floor and laughed. <laughs> like, it was so silly. So funny. And that's what makes life worth it this is little moments that you at least I, I like through all of the exhaustion and all of the disenfranchisement both medically on my illness and from a larger community standpoint with the, the measure of poverty because again we're not I mean not only human rights discrimination like federal human rights discrimination and gender bias and illness bias but but just the federal a poverty reduction policies like none of the provinces are being asked to adhere to them and while I hear all this rumblings about the government upping the amount of money that we're going to be given at the same breath the provinces are taking away things so we won't be any farther ahead unless the feds start oversighting things if the feds are going to okay made on quality of life 
then the feds have to ensure that there isn't a situation that guarantees a measure of deterioration into a horrific quality of life and into death. Because let's be frank, long before quality of life came, and keeping in mind that I'm not choosing it strictly on poverty, uh, quality of life, is that my illness is not recognized as being fatal. So I'm kind of living in that land because of it. But many other people have ended up just straight up dying or have ended up in made unforeseeable death because they never had the supports to manage their illness. And so it escalated to that point. I am not the first. And, and I, I don't know if people have chosen to speak up. I've heard of a few different cases, but I am not the first. But there will be a lot more behind me if this situation isn't rectified. <laughs> Do we value human life or not? Do we have universal health care or not? Because I've already talked about the fact that if you support a PWD, you create an economic stimulus because that money flows right back out of the community. I've already talked about that talents and skills flow back into the community. And, and just on justice, if you don't think it's okay to let me suffer unimaginably, deteriorate, and then die. How is this okay? How is this okay? Because I am not alone. And you could be me at any moment, any moment, you could be me. So yes, I'd like you to fight for me so I don't have to die. But I'd like you to fight for me so you don't have to be in my situation. Why do you have house insurance? Because shit happens. So our universal health care is about shit happening. And post-viral syndrome and ME, man, these are much more prevalent than has been understood because of the bias this is not understood. And, and the measure of poverty for persons with disability, who, who, then, who then because of that, the lack of supports, then cannot take care of themselves. I cannot take care of myself. I bought a lot of ticket yesterday. I don't know what to do. I, I finished this, even though I don't have energy to finish this because like, does this give me a little more time? Do I get through Christmas if I do this? You know, like the next news media thing, like, will that give me a, enough time to get through Christmas? Will that give me enough time for help to come? Cause I've said it before, like, watching watching the help look like it's going to come but that it's going to take time as systems figure themselves out to try to envelop me into uh and I don't know how much to talk about because it is not actually a thing yet um but it looks like help is on the horizon from very good people working very hard but it's not going to come by November <laughs> no way no how I hate, I hate, I hate having to beg for my life. I hate having to keep saying that. I'm so sad. And yeah, I probably am. The measure of pressure has probably got me skirting around the edge of depression. And I, I just had a conversation tonight with my primary care provider and I said, you know, if I tip over into depression, because that's not my personality. I'm not a depressive personality. It's just not how I roll. But everybody breaks under torture. 
And I, I don't have any room for the fatigue of depression. If I am not fighting, 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 I will drown. I will drown fast. I will die fast. And I think I've said already one of my friends saying to me the terrible thing. Do you think they're dragging their feet on support because they want you just to die and go away so you're not a bother? I don't think the individual bureaucrats I'm working with feel that way, but I don't know. If I were up the system, they do. What a terrible thought. I guess I need to know that people care. The whole, yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus, I suppose. And I think I've mentioned already, I, I can't remember, but that the magic, you know, like somehow my friends are acting like, oh, help will come. It'll be fine. I'm like, how? Not Narnia. Not Hogwarts. The magic comes in people helping, people speaking up, people saying this is not okay, speaking to federal and provincial legislators and saying this is not okay. It's not okay that it's happening in Madeline and I could be Madeline in a heartbeat. I am Madeline. I am vulnerable to becoming disabled in the, the, the breath it takes between seconds. Nobody knows illness, accident, attack, age. I don't think I can repeat that enough. You are Madeline as much as I am Madeline. I don't want to die. But I also don't want anyone. I don't want anyone to experience this. So I think I'll end there. And if I haven't covered anything that anybody in the millions missing or the general population wants covered, then you can tweet at Ash and, and we'll see. Maybe I'll do another episode to try and answer anything I haven't gotten to or I didn't remember to get to. And I appreciate your forbearance as I've stumbled through and repeated myself and forgotten things and misspoke. And I'm thankful that you you've gotten this far that's a lot to listen to so thank you that all on its own means a lot so if you're able to share this with other people um and i know not everyone's able to share money with the gofundme that's completely understandable i know i couldn't afford to do that I know I said in the intro, I worry that this is my epitaph. I hope I've spoken eloquently enough that my life and all of the battles for 40 years count for something. That if I die, please don't let it be for nothing. And if there's a way I, I don't have to die, if help can come. I would prefer that. <laughs> I'm not really interested in being a martyr. <laughs> I, I would rather, I would rather stay alive. 
But do I jump or do I burn? That's where I sit right now. That's why made is at the moment a foregone conclusion when I ran out of money in November. And um, that's a really hard thing to think about. So thank you for coming on this journey and listening to, to hard things. It was hard to talk about. But I can well imagine it's difficult to hear as well. Stay safe.